Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of the book of Jude with verses 14 through 16. Jude is a direct warning for the Church of the New Testament, as well as today's church, of ungodly people exerting their influence so as to do harm within the congregation. Please listen to Associate Pastor Scott Basolo as he delivers today's slice of this week's message entitled, What of These Ungodly? And it says in verse 15, to execute judgment upon all and to convict all ungodly of all their ungodly deeds, which they have done in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Two reasons are given for this condemnation. The first is to execute judgment, and the second is to convict. The idea of judgment and to convict come parallel together, and the issue of judgment was introduced all the way back in Jude verse 4. And in Jude verse 4, we saw that these were long beforehand marked out for that condemnation. And it is there in that condemnation that we see the idea of judgment. So also, this same word occurs in verses 6 and 9. So judgment has been a continuous theme throughout our section in Jude. And the judgment being executed here as the first reason is the result of the second reason stated, which is because of their conviction. They are judged because they are convicted. Two repetitive elements are not to be missed in verse 15, and I'm sure in our two readings you've seen them keenly. The fourfold repeated element of the word all, and the fourfold repeated element of the word ungodly. Powerfully revealing to us all of these elements that are together and so emphatically stated in this verse. And it's here from where our title and theme arise. So what of the ungodly? Hebert notes that the term all as stressing the universality of judgment. All who will sin will be judged. And the term ungodly underlines the character of those judged. The first of the four repeated elements is the judgment upon all. Literally in the Greek, against all or down on all. It's just the hammer of God's judgment is falling upon sin and wickedness and these deeds of ungodliness. None will escape. None will be overlooked. There are no minor offenses. There are no venial sins. There is no inconsequential iniquities. Every sin is seen by God. The single and the smallest sin is enough to separate one from God for an eternal punishment in hell. And as that each sin is seen by God, and as a perfectly holy and just judge, 
every sin must receive its full and due penalty. One commentator notes, God is no man's enemy, but he is the sinner's opponent, not least in judgment. We see more of these repeated elements in the next phrase in verse 15. To convict all the ungodly of their ungodly deeds. The word convict, as one commentator notes, is, is more than just bringing evidence. It is more than just a list of charges. It involves refuting the arguments of the guilty and establishing their guilt beyond all doubt to their own shame. There will be no ground to appeal the decision of the judge. When this conviction is brought, there will be, oh, no, but, 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 I didn't, I didn't know, but, uh, you know, if I'd have no, no excuses, this conviction will be full and complete. The four-time repeated ungodliness means that there is a complete absence of reverence towards God. One source defines the ungodly as those living without any regard towards religious belief or practice. As we've been going through the road trip to truth in our home groups, this is exactly what we're seeing of the world around us. A culture in which each one can have his own truth and they can be completely contrary to one another and still somehow be fine. No understanding of absolute truth as exists in God and in His Word. And this is why it's so important that we engage in these studies. Because we need to understand that culture because we're in it. And if we're going to interact, if we're going to be able to know what they're thinking and be able to talk to them about Christ, we better have some understanding of these views as crazy as they may sound to us. And it is this aspect of a life without regard for religious belief that is so common out there. Another dictionary calls this ungodliness general wickedness or neglect or violation of one's duties towards God. As God has placed in every man the understanding of who he is and has given consciences for us to recognize and to be convicted by our sin, we have an obligation towards him. And if we violate that obligation, then we are guilty and convicted as such. Verse 15 tells us the why is because of their ungodly works and words. The first element is their ungodly works or deeds. This is every action that proceeds from an unholy and unrepentant heart. The structure of this phrase shows us that this is not sins of omission, which they unintentionally fell into. These are godless deeds purposely engaged in to delight the sinner that are outpourings of their darkened heart and are inseparable from their condition of sin. The second element is all of the harsh talk which ungodly sinners spoke against him. That is against the judge who is the Lord Jesus Christ. This is defiant speech against Christ and against his demand upon each life with respect to our required submission to who we know he is and obedience to the truth of his word. Scripture speaks much about our speech 
in familiar texts like Ephesians 4.29, which tells us, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Unwholesome in Ephesians 4.29 is well translated as rottenness. Ephesians is referencing speech towards men, but Jude is talking of rotten speech towards God. In Colossians 3.8, Paul tells us that there is to be no abusive speech from our mouth. In Matthew 12.34, Jesus tells us that the source of harsh talk is our hearts, from which outflows all of the thoughts of man and the intentions of man. For it is here, beloved, in our hearts that this rottenness lies. The recognition of ungodly men is not only of thousands of years ago or in the past history. It is today with one who would stab four university students and leave them to die in our quiet little state. It is a store clerk who would open fire on his fellow employees. It is those who commit mass killings at schools. It is those who would kill and bury children. It is those who just last week set off two concurrent bombs in the holy city of Jerusalem filled with nails and shrapnel to inflict maximum amount of casualties and deaths and did so at a bus stop so as to take maximum toll on the most innocent and unattentive. And at the consideration of things, we recoil, and justly so. And we're tempted to think and even speak along with the psalmist, how long, O Lord? How long will the wicked prosper? But the what and the why help appease these cries. Because Christ is coming in judgment. And that is the what. And that judgment is against all ungodliness. And that is the why. So how do we understand who these ungodly are? Back in verse 4, it tells us that they crept into the church. They slimed in the side door unnoticed. So how do we know who they are? Well, our second point answers that question. And it is the who and why. The who and why. Look at verse 16 with me if you would. These are grumblers, finding fault, following after their own lusts. They speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage. The verse begins with the same designation we've seen throughout the section. These or these men. We saw it back in verse 8 and verse 10 and verse 12 and verse 14. And now in verse 16. So our entire section is tied together. These are the same individuals who we saw in verse 4. Those marked out for condemnation. These certain persons. And next we're given the first part of the who of our second point, that is who they are. This is where Pastor Jim made reference at the end of his message last week. And there are five different identifications of who these godly are. And the first identification of who they are is grumblers. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.